This video is sponsored by Jerry's Artorama. Jerry's Artorama Online has been serving artists for over 50 years, providing only the best quality art supplies. Jerry's Artorama has premier lines that sell all over the world and are used by millions of artists and professionals worldwide for amazing results. In addition to over 65,000 fine art supplies, choose from over 4,000 free art lessons, oil painting, drawing, acrylics, watercolors, mixed media, and the largest selection of new supplies professionally evaluated and created by artists for artists. Jerry's Artorama has been empowering artists since 1968. We provide reliability, better art supplies, great prices, and exceptional service. The quality of your art matters to us. What up, people? Welcome to our live stream. Today, we're going to be showing you tips for how to draw arms. And if you would like to learn how to turn your artistic weakness into your strength, check out artprop.org where we have lots of free resources, tutorials, critiques, art dares, pro development, and all that cool stuff. Um, so one of the things we talked about before starting the stream was I actually said I think arms are one of the easier things to draw personally. I don't know what you think, Clara, what you guys who are watching think, but that's my take on, on it. <laughs> well, there just isn't that much to draw. <laughs> are not that many forms if you think about it right yeah i feel like the most difficult part about drawing the arm is actually just the hand because everyone thinks hands are challenging which is not wrong but uh yeah i think that for the most part it's just if you know the you know where a bicep is a tricep and then you know shape of the shoulder forearm and hand that's basically it it's like four things <laughs> i think legs are way more complicated Oh yeah, they're, the muscles are they're more prominent and you really do have to know the shape. I feel like in the arms you can get away with not knowing the anatomy that well and you can still do a decent job. Yeah. And they're, they're also like the last priority for me when I do figure drawing. Because I, you know, when you're drawing a pose, I feel like you need to draw the legs for the, character, for the figure to stand. But uh, if you don't have time for the arms, I don't think no one's going to fault you for that, you know? Like, I don't know, but that's just been my pattern, I think. If you're in my anatomy track, I'll fault you for that. <laughs> okay, well, don't, don't do that there. But, uh, yeah. I know, I think I'm going to spend more time on this hand than I'm going to spend on the arm. <laughs> Tell us in the chat, do people here think arms are challenging? Do people here agree with Jordan and I? Or let us know what you think, because people have strong opinions about drawing different parts of the body. <laughs> so I would say, Jordan, in addition to those landmarks you talked about, so like we talked about the bicep, which is like right here. And then the wrist, I think, is pretty important to differentiate. But for me, it's this muscle up here. I'll show it to you on myself. Let's see if I can, like, oh, the this muscle. That one. Brachioradialis. This is the one that, because it wraps. Like, it, it starts here. It's big and chunky. And then it goes around like that. So it's a very, like, 3D muscle. And I feel like that one, it helps organize the lower part of the arm for me. So I always look for that one muscle because 
this whole section, it's like extensors and flexors, and there's just like a million little muscles, but none of them are really that visible, you know? Yeah, I agree. I also look for the, I think we pronounce it differently. I don't know which is the right way anymore, but. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the brachioradialis. I, I call it the brachioradialis. I, I like my way more because I learned it that way first. So that's that's, oh. that's the only reason I, I can say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, see, I'm like picking at the hand. Like, this is so stupid. Like, I'm spending more time on the hand than I am on the arm. You're not. You are not alone. You're not alone. I think that's just the name of the game here. That's just how we're doing it. It's okay though. Well, it's okay. I'm definitely throwing it too big. I can already see that. And by the way, everybody, if you would like to draw along with us, the reference photo links are in the YouTube video description below. And there's a huge album on our Flickr page of arms that I shot. So hopefully you can all make use of that. And if you want more information on the structure of the arm, I do have this anatomy lecture where I go through brachioradialis and radius and ulna and all that fun, nerdy anatomy stuff. Because it is really helpful to know some of those basics. I think it's essential. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love how you're like, no, must. must yeah, <laughs> it's, it's totally a must. Like I, don't, like, I don't know how anyone expects to draw a really good figure at any point without knowing where the muscles are. Um, and again, at least the major ones, like you talked about the extensions and flexors. I don't know the names of all of them, but I know <laughs> that it's important to know like where they are, generally speaking. So, yeah. Just try and be flexible, Jordan, just for the people who don't want to bother, but yes. No, no, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, for once, you're the stricter one. <laughs> I think it just depends on how good you want your drawing to look. I'll just say that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you're going to really learn something, learn it. <laughs> Make it happen. Yeah. So one thing I want to point out to people is you'll notice I'm really drawing a little piece of the torso. I think that's pretty helpful because if you just draw like this part of the arm, you're not seeing how it attaches to the torso. So I would just say anytime any of you are practicing the arm, make sure you draw in part of the torso because if you don't understand how it attaches, it's a pain. Yeah, that's actually one of the struggles I had right after I did the 2500 and I was doing figure drawing. Like I, I knew I could draw all the pieces individually, but then learning how to combine them was a whole different challenge for me. Um, you know, I, I kept a regular figure drawing as I was doing the 2500, you know, but mm -hmm. I think um, I didn't fully understand, like legs, attaching legs specifically was challenging for me. I, I always drew my figures uh, too long and uh, mm -hmm. they were always disproportionate. <laughs> so yeah, it might take a while, but definitely 
necessary. By the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, the 2500 challenge is a challenge that Jordan has done twice <laughs> because, twice. you know, thrice. And we do have a channel in our Discord where we have several people working on the 2500 challenge. And it's just really terrific because it's just so much repetition, which honestly for anatomy is what you really need. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, basically what it is, is it's a challenge that was created by um, one of my former professors, Michael Buffington, and uh, in the group Drawhawks Anonymous. And I'm a part of that group and our prof, so I brought it over. And basically the prompt is draw 1,000 heads, 500 arms, 500 legs, 250 hands, and 250 feet in the course of a year. Each drawing is meant to look something kind of like what I've been doing here on the stream so far. And, uh, you know, five, 10 minute drawings. And the goal is to basically just build up your pencil mileage and just get better at drawing anatomy. Um, and it is a challenge because of the insane repetition. Like it's not easy for people to, uh, to finish all the time, but, uh, it's so worth it. It really helps you level up like big time. And by the way, a lot of people in the discord, I know, do it for a little bit, maybe take a little break, come back to it. And, and that's fine because life gets in the way sometimes. Yeah. Jordan, where did you learn anatomy? Did you, you didn't do it in undergrad, did you? In undergrad? Um, I did some in undergrad. Um, I, so I actually took figure drawing classes in high school. Um, oh, right, right. Yeah, they, they my school offered it, which is very unusual for a high school class to do that. And um, my teacher, uh, his name was Vernon, and he, he basically gave me a huge introduction to anatomy. And I took his classes for three years uh, after school, every Monday and Wednesday. Um, and I, I must, so I, I guess I was in that class for six semesters overall. And uh, I, I had a really big head start before I got to school. And then when I went to college, I took other anatomy courses. And then grad school is, I think, when I really kind of, I don't want to say perfected it, but it was yeah. started understanding a lot more, like how to make the entire figure like look really consistent. Um, so it took me a good seven, eight years before, like I was really like comfortable with drawing the figure and like felt really solid. And even now I still feel like I have a lot more to learn. Um, and I can grow a lot more too. Well, there are some skills that take work, but you'll get there. Anatomy is one of them, but it takes so much longer than people want it to by a lot. I just have found that anatomy, it's like years. It's not Oh, study intensively for one year. It, it's really substantial. Yeah, it's it's challenging. The human body is by far like the most complex thing I can picture when it comes to drawing. Like, you know, people I don't really particularly like drawing cars or tanks or anything, but I can say that they're not as like complex as a human body. You know, there's so many ins and outs and um, you know muscles and movements and stuff like that that can become really challenging for people. So you have to put in like a superhuman effort almost to, to get it right in a short amount of time. And very few people are able to do that. And so 
yeah, I wouldn't feel discouraged if anyone's feeling that way. Like I've been doing this for two years and I haven't gotten it or three months or whatever. You're, you're still a baby in the process. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so Anna says, I don't know if I agree with Jordan. If you're painting or sculpting expressionistically or making abstract slash styled figures, I think anatomy can be helpful, but not necessary. It depends. I think that in the case of character design, a lot of people say, oh, I want to do character design, but I want to do cartoons. I don't need to do anatomy. And I don't think that's true for character design. Now, for figurative painting, I don't think it's quite as important. I mean, have you found that, Jordan, that people say, oh, I want to do cartoons. I don't need anatomy. Yeah, that was what I used to think when I was uh, maybe 12 or 13. I didn't understand the connection. Um, and I can only speak for my specific field of art so you know the more figurative art, more abstract i don't know exactly um how that all works um that's just not why i focus on but i think if you want to draw the figure simply like in a cartoon like if you're trying to do peter griffin it's still better to know anatomy um i think it's easier to simplify things than to have to learn later on and make it more complex and more interesting if that makes sense mm-hmm Look at me. I'm spending more time on the hands than I am on the arms. You are so right about that. See? <laughs> I'm just like moving along. I'm like, all right, I'm sick of this one. Next. <laughs> well, we are running the anatomy premium track right now. And I know there's a couple people like Neil and Toaster who are doing some charcoal action. So I figured maybe this is a good time for me to demo some of that stuff. It's just, oh man, I am rusty. It's just, I haven't been doing any figurative art for so long, which is really strange for me to be saying, but I think with anatomy, you do get out of shape. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm having a, bit of a uh, rusty day anyway, too. So you're not alone, Claire. It's okay. I don't know if anyone will believe me when I say that, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Lisa says, can Jordan sketch a few female arms and discuss the different emphasis versus male arms? Oh. Well, that album has both male and female arms in it. And I guess you can kind of see that one of them has nail polish. So that's the one. <laughs> Email. They just happen to be wearing nail polish. Yeah, well, I'll finish this sketch first and then I'll move on to a female arm. But a couple of, I can talk about some of the major differences that I look for. Um, one of the biggest ones is probably muscle mass. Uh, generally, men, because there's uh, more testosterone, it, are able to build more muscle mass. And so, like, if you look at someone like, uh, like, even like a gymnast, like a female gymnast, usually their arms aren't. They may be muscular, but they're usually not as bulky as someone who's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his heyday or like Dwayne Johnson or something. Like their arms can get built. Um, and I'm not saying that a woman's a woman can't get that, but it's usually not common. And so yeah. that's like one of those key indicators for me that I look at. Um, there's also the whole like tapered fingers versus kind of beefy fingers like mine. 
my hands are kind of blocky, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're not really, they? well, I don't, I, don't I don't know. Everyone's different. But I definitely like, like some of my friends, um, some of my, my female friends, they, their fingers are all like nice and delicate and soft and like pointed up and perfect and everything. And I'm like, wow, like I didn't really, like, I couldn't imagine having hands like that. Like that's just, that's just different, you know? Um, so yeah. And let me see what else. Um, yeah, those are like the two biggest differences I would say. But like I said, I will switch to drawing a female arm after I finish this one about 30 seconds. <laughs> Well, so there are some things between different genders that you can look for, like the more typical belief, if you look at a lot of anatomy stuff online, is that, oh, women have a smaller rib cage and larger pelvis, and men have a larger rib cage and <clears throat> a pelvis that's more similar in width. But the thing is, it's like when it comes down to it, Jordan, I just draw that person. Like I just look at them mm -hmm. and I don't think, oh, they're a female identifying person. Therefore, I need to draw them this way. Like I don't do that. So like the whole gender thing, people bring it up a lot. Like how do I draw women? And I'm like, I, I just draw the person. Like I don't even think about like, this is a man. I have to do this. Like, I don't yeah. know. I think, yeah, I think it also depends on the situation because, like, there are times, like, if I'm drawing a character, um, like, I, I, I got this comment, I've heard someone got this comment one time, they're drawing a female character, and then their art director or the producer or whatever said, make them hotter. Oh! And, and it's like, what do you say to that? Like, first off, what do you say to that? And then how do you oh. interpret that and figure out what they mean when they say make them hotter? And so as much as I kind of cringe to say this, sometimes you almost have to rely on stereotypes in a situation. No, like I know. You know, and especially, you know, in that moment, like you, you got to do what the client's asking for essentially. Um, so, and that's when you can pull out some of the information about like muscles or, you know, tapered fingers or this or that. Um, or, but like Claire said, you can totally mix those up. I actually have a lot of fun mixing things up and, um, you know, just saying, hey, let's not have um, this be the standard. Let's, you know, let's change up this, the average size of the rib cage or the hips or the fingertips and all that stuff. So people are all different. And, um, you know, that's what makes it so special, I think. Like, even though we're all human beings, there's still so much that um, that is different about us, even the small things. Also... You have people who are non-binary. You have people who are all different versions of gender identity. And I, I just think that the whole, you draw men this way, you draw women this way, it's a little bit out of date. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Dang it. The tip of the pencil just... It was so crisp and sharp and clean. Ah, cry me a river. <laughs> Painful. Autumn's Art Studio says, I feel anatomy is hard because everyone is shaped differently. So I think it's a good idea to do different shapes of people in these studies. Well, I am putting together an anatomy resources page because actually the people in the 
anatomy premium track, it's hard to get good reference photos. So we have our own on Flickr, but I haven't been able to get a model because of COVID. So what I've been doing instead is just looking up photographers like Robert Maplethorpe or Dorothea Lange. And I just put together in our drive a bunch of reference images for people to use. And so if you're looking for that link, just go to the anatomy section of our website and you'll find it. Octavio says, the best art advice I've ever received is that you have to learn anatomy before you can stylize it and make it look correct. Well, I don't think it's so much correct as much as it is convincing. You, you have to be able to make a drawing that people don't look at it and their instant reaction is, the head's too big. So you might not draw the hair or head accurately, Maybe it really is off from the reference, but as long as nobody feels like, oh, that is wrong, you just have to convince them <laughs> that, it's, that it's working. Okay. I can agree with that. Yeah, I think um, because there are times where you want to exaggerate. Like I was doing a monster design about a year ago and I basically elongated all the limbs and it started to look creepier. I was like, yes, I like this, but I still <laughs> lied. All, all the knowledge of anatomy that I currently had. Um, and even like monster designs and movies and stuff, like they'll often rely on either human or creature anatomy um, and just mix it up a little bit to make it more terrifying. Right. Because you know, when you look at a painting or something and just your first reaction is, oh, that head is too big. Like that's not a good thing. Yeah. So you have to find some way to convince people that the head is not too big. And sometimes that doesn't always mean making it accurate. Sometimes if you make it accurate, it still doesn't work. So this whole, oh, it's gotta be just like the photo. I don't think that really flies actually. Mm -hmm. I remember you saying very clearly in, uh, in class not to make it look like a photo. <laughs> Oh, and that you didn't like like super photorealistic drawings. Well, I mean, just take a photo. <laughs> it's faster yeah. and it looks better. Yeah. I mean, what I don't like is when you look at a drawing and it's clearly from a photo and the photo looks better. Like in theory, if you've done a good job on the drawing and the drawing is exciting, the drawing should be better than the photo. The photo should feel sort of drab by comparison because in theory, you've done enough with the drawing to make it more exciting. Right. Oh man, Jordan, I am loving this Ooh. deltoid. Woo! Ooh. That's a good deltoid. <laughs> someone's, been, someone's been doing their shoulder presses. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I just love the deltoid. It's such an obvious muscle. Like it's not hard to find. So yeah. I just always look for it because there are other muscles that they're just harder or maybe it's like not as obvious on that person. And it's like, I'm pretty much everybody. You're going to see the deltoid. Yeah. 
I think I mentioned earlier that I think legs are more difficult to draw. And I think part of the reason is because a lot of the muscles are hidden because a lot of people skip leg day <laughs> and you just kind of, I, I, I try not to simply rely on the contours all the time. I like to understand what's going on underneath. And uh, yeah. that's one of the more difficult shapes to pull off if you don't know what's happening. Well, because after a while, you're looking at the leg and you're like, bump, 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 bump. But you don't know what the bumps are. <laughs> right. And the thing is, sometimes the bump is a bone and other times it's a muscle. And so if you don't know which is which, that that's where it gets very confusing for people. Oh, yeah. I don't like confusion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like confusion when I'm in a city and I'm lost. I don't like that. That is horrible. <laughs> By the way, I just wanted to say thank you to Sonic 18 for the donation. Appreciate you very Woo! much. <laughs> I always like the little whistle sound. That was great. Ginger cells, I do not like the squeaky noise. Is there a noise? Do you hear a noise, Alex? It was it, it was the whistle. Did you call me Alex? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Remember Jordan. the noise I was telling you about before? Before we started this Is period? it still there? Can people I think it tell might us? Be. I don't know I what it is. I wonder if it's my mic. Let mm. me uh shoot. I can't reach my mic. Well, who's in is it on my end or your end though? I have no idea. I just know that I was playing with my mic the other day, so that could be it. Oh, okay. Yes, there's a noise. It's like a perpetual kettle is on. All right. Well, give me a second. I'm just going to go to this view for a minute, and we'll see if we can do something <clears throat> Okay. with my mic, maybe. Hmm. Mic. I'm not sure if I should keep drawing or not. <laughs> keep drawing. Okay. Let me turn that down. Okay. Tell tell me, everybody, is it better? I just switched the little thing. I, I hear it. Let me mute myself. Let me see if this is on my Do you end. still hear it? Okay. Yeah. Tell tell me if you can hear it. Because Jordan just muted himself. So let's see. It's okay. It must be my end. Okay. Now that people mentioned it. Okay. I'm going to try one more setting. We'll see. Maybe if I turn down the volume. Okay. Still there. Oh, sorry, everybody. I don't know what it is. It's very subtle. Okay. Well, as long as it's not making it impossible. I'll have to do some troubleshooting with my mic later on. Sorry about that. It got worse. It's on my end. Okay, I'm going to switch that back. <laughs> Let's turn that up. This goes to show you just shouldn't mess with your tech. If I was doing some recording the other day. All right. 
give up. <laughs> I I had a friend come by a couple of weeks ago and help me fix my microphone settings for my YouTube channel, and I am scared to death of changing one notch of what he did. <laughs> like, because he, he's an audio mixer for a living, and I was like, oh, this would be perfect. He's going to have all the expertise, and he did stuff I don't even understand, and I'm just like, I'm not touching this ever. <laughs> Audio is very hard. I mean, if there's any skill that I want to get better at, it's audio. Because audio is so important. Like, people don't realize. They think that the video is the important thing. But the thing is, if the audio is terrible, like, people will stop watching. Mm-hmm. I th- and, and audio is hard to get right. <laughs> like it's, it is. Like, all you really have to do for camera is get something in focus, make sure the brightness and colors are okay, and you're pretty much set. And audio, like, there's so many terms I don't understand. Um, like, even if I look them up, I'm like, well, what is this talking about? I don't know. So, yeah, it's painful. And the other thing is if you're used to, like, mediocre audio, you're like, oh, this is fine. And then when you hear good audio, you're like, oh, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what I've been missing out on. Yep, that happened to me. I know exactly what that feeling is. You know? Yeah awful i don't ever want to feel that again (laughs) i just want everything to be perfect i mean if it were up to me i would buy all of you the fancy mic that i just bought because oh my god it is so much better than the one i bought for all of you (laughs) (laughs) they're really expensive the one that i bought i think it was four hundred dollars i don't know how much the one you got has cost so I don't. I think the one I bought for all of you was fifty. Oh, okay. Because we didn't have. Well, we still don't really have the budget. I, and honestly, the only reason I have the one I have is because somebody stepped in and paid for it. It's not because we had the money. Gotcha. <laughs> somebody volunteered to buy that mic for me, which was so nice and very helpful. Thank you, volunteer person. We appreciate you. Donor. So Dragon Envy says, did you use loose charcoal powder first? Now working the highlights, really want to try this when I have the space. Yeah, so what I did was I took vine charcoal, which is super, super soft and dusty, and I just put it over the entire sheet of paper. Then I took my hand and I wiped it out. And then that allows me this like, tone that I can use to build out highlights. It's a really fun way of working. If you've never drawn like this before, I, I recommend it. It's easier, I think, than starting with a white sheet of paper. You know what I'm going to do? I don't think I've ever drawn an arm from imagination on a stream. On a stream. I think I want to try it. Oh, <coughs> yeah. Oh, I'm curious. Yeah, I'll just keep it simple. I'll do it like at, at the side or something. But I think that'd be a fun little change pace for something. <clears throat> well, so Jordan, I know a lot of people feel that they're not good artists if they can't draw something for imagination. And I think nothing is further from the truth. <laughs> no, it's 
Drawing something from imagination just means you've practically memorized what it looks like and um, you've practiced it a lot. Like I wouldn't be able to do this if I literally haven't drawn, hadn't drawn thousands of arms before. And I mean, I always kind of, I kind of tease the fact that how much I draw, but I have a shelf or a drawer right here, literally like 10 inches tall of just paper and figure drawings. And that's not including the digital stuff. It's not including the arms that I have in other places or stuff I did in high school. That's just like the last three years. So three or four years. Don't ever feel bad about using reference. It doesn't make you a bad artist at all. Every artist uses reference that I know of. I mean, if that's the measure of someone's skill, I guess I'm a terrible artist because I can't draw from imagination. Yeah. I feel like you and Kat do it very well. Like when you guys draw characters, like I can't do that at all. Not in my tool belt. Yeah, I think it's just a different muscle that we trained ourselves to use. Because, um, like, when I draw characters, for example, I'm, I usually have to draw them in a three-quarter front pose, which is basically, like, this angle, but, you know, straight on the whole figure. And their arms are generally the same, <laughs> unless they're, like, lifted up or something. So I kind of have to learn how to do that and get really fast at it. I like what you said about how it's almost like you, you've memorized something because that really what it, it it's not that you can construct something out of your head that looks real. It's mm -hmm. like just using that prior experience as a piece of vocabulary that's just in your brain. Right. It's sort of like like how um like there are certain dishes that people make and the first uh, the first couple of times you might need the recipe book, but after like five years of making it, you don't need ah. it anymore. You just like you're just gonna go for it. Um, and so, I, it, I think drawing can be kind of like that sometimes, depending on what it is. That's true. I have this mac and cheese recipe that I make from David Lovitz, who's like my favorite chef, and I can practically make that recipe in my sleep. Yeah, drawing is just like that. Seven Angelic said, I just noticed Jordan's wearing his own logo. Actually, this is the, the shirt that uh, Deepti designed. Uh, she did the character drawings for all of us, and we all, and I just, I like this one. This, this one saw me. So <laughs> thank you, Deepti, if you're watching this somewhere in the interwebs. <laughs> Ginger Cell is asking, what's the difference between vine charcoal and the other kinds? There are two different kinds. So this is vine, which is super light and thin, and it's super easy to erase, but it's not permanent. So it's not good long-term. It's good to use it in the beginning when you're just sketching, but it's so fragile that, I mean, if you blow on your drawing, it's going to get messed up. And then there's compressed charcoal, which is really dark and very hard to erase. Like you can't get your paper back to white, but it's quite bold. And you can get darks with compressed charcoal that you will never ever get. So it increases your value range significantly. But what I usually do is I do a lot with the vine, get comfortable with that. And then when I'm ready, I'll go in with the compressed. 
it's not a good idea to make a drawing that's 100% compressed charcoal because it's just too fragile. Sorry, my drawing's cut off, guys. <laughs> I'm trying to get it on the screen for you. This one's also from Imagination, for those who are wondering. Um, so, Jordan, what's going on in your head? Are you thinking bicep here, radialis? What are you doing? Yeah, I, I kind of focus on the main muscle groups that I that I talked about before, like deltoid, which is the shoulder, bicep, tricep brachioradialis and the shapes I've kind of memorized. So like, like I said, I've drawn so many arms. So I'm kind of just going back to that in my head and thinking, okay, this makes this shape. Um, and this makes this shape. And then just laying them down rather quickly um, and uh, not being too fussy with it. I think that's a key for me is just like, just having faith and confidence that you that I know what I'm doing. Um, you know, and even now, like we, I've done, I don't know if there's like probably 12 or 15 arms I've done just in the stream or in the session so far. And I've kind of picked up anything that I've forgotten at this point. So yeah, yeah, just the big shapes and, uh, moving forward like that. Oh, I forgot my eraser stick. I could really use that right now. For the <laughs> That's my kid stole it from me. And I've said this before in previous streams, but I recommend if you're trying to figure out how to draw arms or, or legs or something for the first time, find someone who's muscular so you can learn the muscles of the body. And then you could slowly like transition to someone who maybe has a little bit higher body fat percentage or less muscle mass. It makes it a lot easier to understand. A little trick for you guys. I mean, I understand why it's helpful to draw from a more muscular person in the beginning for anatomy, but you can't do that forever. That's oh, just yeah. what I would say, because yeah. most of the world does not look like Hugh Jackman. I mean, it's a very small percentage of the planet that looks that buff. So you got to be conscious of that. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's so much variety for me. It's just a, uh... Well, for one, I like drawing superheroes. <laughs> but, but the other thing is, like, it helped it helped me to learn like where everything was, and when there those muscles and stuff weren't as well, weren't as easily seen. I think it was a good transition. But I definitely agree. You're you're gonna have to move on at some point uh, to something different. Learn it. Jordan Autumn wants to know if you've seen Encanto, the new. Disney. My friend just saw it last night, and I, to be honest with you, I didn't even know. I never even heard of it until like last week. I, I oh, I, really? I had no idea it existed, and they're like, and my friend's like, "You, you would love this movie. I think you were there." I was like, "Oh, okay." But I have no idea what it's about, and I'd actually rather not know so I could just be completely surprised. Because every time there's a really good movie, it's always ruined for me on some level, um, including Spider-Man: No Way Home. There's a small spoiler that I accidentally saw. Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, those were spoiled for me. 
Um, so yeah, I would rather not know about anything about it. <laughs> Just going blind. That's so sad. Yeah. Some of these people have no remorse either. <laughs> By the way, everybody, we are doing registration for our February, March premium tracks. We are offering color and drawing basics. And also we are doing portraiture. So we're really excited to offer these premium tracks. And it's a chance for you to work with us really closely. And I love it, Jordan, because we're able to provide the attention that we often cannot provide just because our Discord server is too big. I would go insane. And I know I'm really enjoying the tracks. How have they been going for you? Oh, yeah, there's so much fun. Um, I think I'm a little biased because right now we're doing the character design track. And uh, y'all know how much I like character design. Uh, but yeah, it's a great opportunity to connect with uh, connect with you guys and to learn what you guys are interested in and how we can help you to grow. Um, seeing the growth process over the several week uh, track is also really exciting. Seeing, you know, where, where your imagination is, where your um, your determination is. And how you guys fulfill that throughout it's awesome i i continue doing them honestly so if you want information on how to register go to ourprop.org and it's on the front page and i did write a blog post the other day about our pricing because we had some people for good reason saying well your tuition is really high it's $900 for a six week class. And they said, well, why don't I just take a local art class? Because the local art classes are $150 for almost the same amount of time. And so I wrote a blog post that breaks down exactly why our tuition fees are what they are. So that way people understand. And, and really what it comes down to Jordan is that the premium tracks, they support the free content. So, if we have people who are purchasing premium tracks, that gives us the budget to pour back into the content that we can offer people for free. And for us, that's a really big deal because budget is always a problem <laughs> for us. And for the first time, I'm seeing a solution where I'm like, oh, maybe I will get sleep this year. Please help us, guys. <laughs> I think it's you know it's going to be a mutual benefit, honestly, because something that I've always been told is, you know, you get what you pay for. And we, we have a lot of experience between all the staff here. Uh, and I think that with our knowledge, with our desire to help you guys grow, that you won't regret it, uh, honestly. And I think that the people who have taken the tracks or are currently in one uh, would I imagine that they would say they, they enjoyed it. That's what I've heard so far anyway. Well, I think one of the biggest things is that you get two teachers. If you sign up for anatomy, you get me and Alex. And I don't think there are a lot of online classes where you get two teachers. And really it follows the art school model because when I taught at RISD, there was always the professor and then the teaching assistant. And that, that's a pretty big difference to have two teachers instead of just one. And then also the fact that we give feedback six days a week. We're very prompt. 
And we don't just write nice job. I mean, we write comments. If you look at our Instagram stories, I actually posted a bunch of screenshots from the premium track channels and you'll see it's walls of critique. It's, it's not a little thing here or there. And that's a pretty big difference. Well, these fingers are too small. Seven Angelic, why did you have to remind me about the new Doctor Strange movie? It's not coming out till May. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna go through withdrawals, Clara? Is that what's going on? Jordan, you don't know how many times I've watched that trailer. <laughs> you know what? You're right. I don't know. You know what's sad? <laughs> you want? You want? Actually, maybe I shouldn't make you feel bad. I don't know. I don't know. Did I say it or not? Yes, now you have to say it. Doctor Strange was supposed to come out before Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, it was? Did it get pushed Yeah, it, it was the pandemic that halted production. But it was supposed to have been out already. I think I read somewhere that they had to do a bunch of reshoots and that's what got in the way. That might have been part of it. But I think initially it was the... The one thing that shall not be named. That affected everything. Without <laughs> setting. Yeah. So now you know. Now you know. Yeah. All right, everybody. I hope you will join Jordan and I in the ArtProc Discord. We will be in the post live streams channel in a few minutes. Invite link is in the YouTube video description below. And I want to give a big thank you to our top Patreon supporters. We have two new supporters, Alyssa Heron and Amanda Norris. Thank you so much for joining our Patreon group because everybody, we are really trying hard to hit the $6,000 goal. You can see we went down, which made me very, very sad. And I don't think we should be going down if we want to hit our Patreon goal. So please help us out because you get all kinds of rewards, exclusive content. You get to join the Patreon discord and it's just like 24 seven art party in there. So it's awesome. Everybody. Thank you so much for watching. I'll see you next time. Bye.